And good Saturday morning. And uh, while I'm doing this, let me uh, get the <laughs> get my hat held on tight here. The wind is really blowing along the Great Gulf Coast, and uh, if you are going to be out in it, you need to take all your precautions for sure. Um, and be safe when you're headed out there. All right, we're going to be uh, talking about. Uh, uh, you got me now. All right, all right. Uh, we're picking up here where we left off. Let's get this uh, here. And I'll tell you what's going to be happening this morning. We're headed out to Gunning for a Cure. We've been telling you about that for the last couple of weeks. That's a great event out at Stella in Braithwaite. And uh, whew, it's going to be blowing, might be blowing some of those BBs back as we shoot sporting clays for the benefit of uh, uh, the Prostate Cancer Center at Tulane. Hope you can come out. Maybe when it warms up a little bit, there's going to be a party in the afternoon. And come on out and enjoy some great food and Auction items will be in Plaquemines Parish down at Stella in Braithwaite. We also have in Plaquemines Parish today one of the largest kayak tournaments going on. It's known as Paddle Palooza. It's at the Delta Marina. Going to be some chilly conditions there. Uh, it's 46 degrees with a northwest wind at 28 miles an hour. <laughs> we'll be checking in with Eric Mahabarak, getting an update on how that's going on. Also, um, lots of events on the calendar this month. We'll fill you in on some of the details. We also have news out of Alabama. The red snapper season has been set along with the regulations for this season, and they have confirmed a second case of chronic wasting disease in whitetail deer. We'll have more on those announcements out of our neighboring state of Alabama. And uh, this week had two local successful trips to talk about with our field reporter, Jeff Brule. We're catching some of those white perch, that's Sokolay, the Eucasians, and some Mississippi bobwhite quail, where Jeff and I were joined by my GSP Smokey Lily and her sister, who's owned by Dean Galatis. Her name is Latte. Dogs were on their A-game uh, over there at Poplarville at Crane Creek Shooting Preserve. We'll also have more of our staff field reporters. Uh, hear your reports, your updates, your comments, your questions. Text it live into the studio, 504-260-1870. Uh, last week, we had two bad boy stories to share, so uh, we're going to ask the audience, we asked you to choose between the drunken gator napper or the social media feral hog bootleggers. Well, by a narrow margin, you chose to listen to the gator napper, so this morning, we're going to tell you about why, if you violate any fish and game laws, you don't want to brag about it on the Internet. Again, it's going to be a breezy, chilly morning for sure. Uh, no rain in the forecast, but if you're fishing, well, you're not going to be fishing offshore. There's a gale watch in effect through this afternoon. North winds 30 to 35 knots offshore, 12 to 16 foot seas. You're going to need a battleship to fish out there today. On the interior, uh, you may run to rethink your trip unless it's in a pond or a very secluded part of the marsh. North winds at 20 to 30 knots, rough conditions out there. Tide, pretty much immaterial when you got that kind of wind, but there is a one-foot tide. And as far as the Mississippi River, it's at 12-4 and holding steady. So there you go. That's kind of your conditions. We welcome you to tell us what your plans are for the weekend or today at 504-260-1870. I see we got Justin in the refuge. He says with the treacherous wind and the cold temperatures, uh, he said it looks like uh, the only thing you won't have to worry about is the gnats. They're not going to be a problem, but fishing will be difficult. Got you on that one, Justin. You, you nailed it. All right, we'll be back to kick it off. We'll check out what's happening down at Shell Beach and talk to uh, Robbie Campo. Get some conditions update for you there right here on the Outdoors with Tom Dubuque, Radio Network. 
And let's uh, say good morning to Robbie Campo down at Shell Beach and find out how bad the winds are blowing down there. Robbie, what's going on this morning? Kind of blustery. Uh, I tell you, Don, um, you know, I've been here for a little while. Uh, I checked the buoy over here at Lake Bourne. It's blowing 35 knots, uh, gusting to 40, um, and it's been like that through most of the night. Um, the water conditions, you know, it's dirty, of course, but uh, the water is very high. I mean, the water is almost on the docks um, because it's blowing it, on the, you know, due to the dam that we have at Hopedale. Um, it blows it and gets piled up in this corner of the Lake Barn area, and it blows it over in the Shell Beach Bayou here. But, um, I mean, it is today is the day. If you have honeydews left to do, I suggest do that. I would not be out here fishing in this kind of weather. Um, um, I think today is one of these days that you kind of, you know, you could get yourself in trouble. Um, it's been, but you know, the fishing hasn't been that bad, Don. You know, until until this came through, uh, you know, had we not had this kind of wind, we would have had a great day for fishing. But because um, the fishing the last two days has just been you know, pretty doggone good. So, um, uh, you know, but this is going to, I suspect that this is going to blow it up until around probably Tuesday or Wednesday of next week before this straightens out. Um, but I tell you, man, they, that they claim and we're going to get, you know, I keep getting an update on my phone that we're going to get a free, we still on a freeze warning until, uh, until, um, tomorrow. So I don't know if we're going to get a freeze, but it's, it's freezing enough for me. I'm, I'm ready for some 85, 90 degree weather. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna let you know. Well, like one of our listeners said, we won't have to worry about gnats today. That's one thing we have to deal with. They can't hang in this wind. You will not have to worry about gnats. That is for sure. Uh, now they were they were biting yesterday, so you know, they had gnats yesterday, but no gnats today. They won't. They they hunker down somewhere, but. Uh, you can believe one thing: when this is over with, they'll be back out. So, but we will get a little reprieve from those suckers uh, today and tomorrow. <laughs> I guarantee you that. Well, Robbie, it would certainly be out of the question today to try to go to the islands. But uh, earlier in the week, when we had some calm conditions, did any of you fishermen get out to the islands? I heard of some pretty decent, good reports coming out there from the surf at Breton and Chandelier. Yeah, we we did have some guys go out there. Um, I don't know if they surf fish, but I know they did go out there and they did catch some trout. Um, there was some, but there was a lot of trout caught over back here in the south behind Delacro. Delacro's been on fire for the last couple of days, and what I think that was due to Don is that river being real low, and those trout were you know pushing in there all all went along, and then they opened up Canarvon Siphon, and um, these guys are fishing in front of that good water, you know, fishing a good water in front of the river water. And they catching some. They catch. They had some really nice catches of trout come out of back of Delacro in the last in the last couple of weeks here. So, um, <clears throat> I mean, it's been really good. Um, you know, I mean, I've seen uh, you know a lot of posts on Facebook and a lot of people telling me you know about all the limits that were caught back there. And uh, you know, I see Kim DeBetta's post every day. And man, you know, like I said. You know, you, Kim DeBet is probably one of the best fishermen and best fishermen in this country, you know. And, uh, you know, there's Jesus Christ and then there's Kim DeBetta, you know what I mean? This is how good this guy is. And he's and they've been, they've been wailing on him back there. They've been doing really well. 
Yeah, he's been fishing there for years and years, and uh, he knows it. In fact, he was there when there was still a lot of marsh, and he's managed to adjust to all the changes and, and still continue to catch fish. He'll catch them when nobody else does, that's for sure. Well, Robbie, what's the bait situation look like for when the weather finally straightens out and we get rid of this wind? Well, actually, Don, we got boats up. We got our boats up on dry dock, and we're doing the bottoms, and, you know, we got to do this stuff every year. And, um, you know, got to do the bottom maintenance on it on both boats and uh um but we're gonna go we're gonna start trying as soon as this stuff straightens out again and you know i, I was suspecting the next couple of weeks here we'll, we we should start having some live bait again i can't promise that because i don't know if there's any out there to catch but we're gonna start again you know gonna start trying here in the next in the next couple of weeks all right, all sounds good, Robbie. Let's uh, get this wind in and out of here, and we can get back to some good old springtime fishing. Uh, appreciate your reports. Give out your telephone number in case somebody wants to give you a call for any information on what's happening down in, in the parish. Well, you can call us at area code 504-239-6377, or you can call us at area code 504-239-5165. All right, thank you, Rob. We'll catch up with you next week. Okay, buddy. Bye-bye. All right, that's Robbie Campo in Shell Beach, one of our field reporters. Got lots more reports coming up, but all these reports are going to be what happened earlier and what we're looking forward to because uh, wind is not going to really let you get to it today. Also, when we come back, we're going to talk about our neighboring state of Alabama, some news coming out of there. They found yet another white-tailed deer. Uh, with CWD, chronic wasting disease. That's the second one. And also we'll run down their fishing season and regulations for red snapper. It's almost time to get those big red beauties in the Gulf. We'll be back with all of that right after this on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. All right, the uh, Alabama State Department of Conservation and Natural Resources uh, announced the opening of Alabama state waters and federal waters to private and state-licensed charter vessels for the red snapper it will begin on Friday, May 27th. The season's going to consist of four-day weekends, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. And again, that begins on Friday, May 27th, and continues till the private angler quota is projected to be met. Uh, Louisiana season dates have yet to be announced. Uh, daily bag limit for the Alabama offshore red snapper fishermen is going to be two per person per day, just like last year. Minimum size, 16 inches. And if you're 16 years age and older, you do need to get an Alabama saltwater fishing license. And uh, also you need a uh, current saltwater angler registration. You can do that. It's absolutely free. It's on the Outdoor Alabama website. And this is in order to keep tabs. Uh, you have to actually re complete a landing report and put uh, your harvested red snapper through their snapper check program prior before you take the fish off the boat or take them out of the water. So uh, that's an added step that you have to take. And don't forget all of the vessels that fish for any reef fish in federal waters have to have a venting tool or a descending device rigged and ready to use. So that's for my neighbors in Alabama. Also, they, they located another deer. This will be the second one with chronic wasting disease. Uh, they feared that it was going to be detected. Uh, we are, Louisiana has become the 29th state where it's there. And, uh, of course, with deer season closed, they're not going to be getting very many samples, but I'm sure they'll put in next year an accelerated sampling program to, to monitor the and track the chronic wasting disease in Alabama. We have had one in Louisiana and only one, and they're still continuing to track those animals. All right. Uh, 
by you wild tv we have got some great shows in fact uh, we, we we taped a couple of cooking features this week with uh, uncle larry and if you haven't tried uncle larry's stew and a few or ready set gumbo i suggest you do it uh, we we taped some shows where we cooked some squirrel a stew rabbit stew shrimp stew and even a red bean stew and uh, those will be coming up on upcoming features. You can get the recipes on Bayou Wild. Uh, if you go to BayouWildTV.com, you'll look for all, you'll see all the station listings and times. And by the way, if you want to meet Uncle Larry uh, next weekend, he's going to be at Canada's. They're having a, in Homa. They're having like a food show, and he's got some some samples there. You can try some of his dishes, and he's also got some seasoning sample packs. And he said if you mention uh, you heard it or you listen, you're a listener of this show. He'll give you one of his free sample packs. It's Uncle Larry. He's a great guy, been a friend of mine for a long time, and glad to see he's doing good with his business. You can look for that at some of your Rouse's stores, and if you can't find it, just uh, go to Uncle Larry's foodandspice.com. And speaking of Bayou Wild, this week we're fishing white perch, sockele, crappie, a lot of names for them. Laziness on Larto is the title of it. We'll show you some spider rigging, how to fish them spider rig. Also with the Larto Slab Hunters, and uh, got a great cooking recipe as always. So check all that out, Bayou Wild TV. We love to watch you watch our show. Uh, check in on the calendar. I've also got uh, the Louisiana Wildfowl Festival coming up in a couple of weekends. It'll be March 26th and 27th. That's Saturday and Sunday. The Castine Center in Pelican Park. That's on Pelican Drive in Mandeville. And if you want more details, uh, check it out. It's put on by the Louisiana Wildfowl Collectors and Carvers Guild. And it's lwccg.com. And uh, they even, you know, they'll let you get a table in there. There's an auction. And there's a competition. And you can actually participate as a judge on that. Again, it's the Louisiana Wildfowl Festival. Uh, some beautiful carvings of duck decoys and other uh, bird life, uh, owls and uh Birds of Prey, it's a beautiful, beautiful setup in there, and it really sets up nice at that casting center, which is right next to Fountain Blue State Park, if you're not familiar with it. All right, same weekend, it's going to be busy. Uh, New Orleans City Park, Big Bass Rodeo returns after being postponed for the last couple of years. Uh, This is the oldest freshwater fishing rodeo in the entire nation, which probably means in the world and it's uh, really, it's very inexpensive. It's only $10 for ticket for adult, $5 for kids. And you can actually register at the park, City Park in New Orleans, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. as they'll take registrations. If you're one of those paddlers, uh, they've got a boats on the Bayou Division. Uh, Bayou St. John is right next to the park lagoons, and you can fish there and win a, a $500 gift card from Massey's. And there's also the Battle for the Bass. It's a student angler fishing tournament, and uh, the sponsor for that is Berkeley. It's uh, limited to grades 7 through 12, and it's only $5 per student to fish in that one. And then they've got exhibits, activities for the kids. They do a fishing tackle Mardi Gras toss. Uh, It's going to be a great event, as it always is. That's the Big Bass Rodeo, New Orleans City Park. You don't need a boat. All you need to do is just fish the bank. There's categories for bass for brim, and a bonus category for the largest catfish and gar. And believe it or not, there was a 9.3-pound lunker bass came out of those pond lagoons. And if you want more information, uh, go to BigBassFishingRodeo.com. That's BigBassFishingRodeo.com, and you can find out all the details there. 
All right, let's see. Uh, text messages, 504-260-1870. Uh, he wants to know what Robbie considers the back of Delacroix. He's talking about the outer reaches out there, uh, not what you're talking about right there off of the bayou and where the boat launches are, but as you get out to the exterior areas like Snake Island and those places out there. All right, here we go. Uh, plans so far for for David Hubble in Alabama. He's going to protect his melatonin vine that started sprouting. He's going to throw some blankets on it and then stay inside where it's warm and catch up on Bayou Wild TV on YouTube. Uh, not a bad idea, David. All right, we come back after this. Uh, i got some more information to share with you, something out of Department of Wildlife and Fisheries, and also an uh, invitation to an event that's going to provide some information about the diversion programs that are proposed in Plaquemines and Jefferson and St. Bernard. We'll tell you where that is, how you can get in on it, and more details, that stuff you and I love to talk about on Saturday mornings. It's the Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. Now, welcome back into the show. Uh, we've got some information that was sent out this week about an event that's going to be coming up in Mandeville on Wednesday, March the 30th. Uh, and the invitation reads, Attential Commercial and Sport Fishermen Coastal Landowners. Uh, there's been a lot of... Uh, discussion about the proposed diversion projects as a way to rebuild the coastline and there's a lot of pros and cons and somewhere in between and they're offering a meeting where there's going to be some guest speakers that will come out and talk about this so they're asking anyone that fishes commercially or recreationally in Plaquemines, Jefferson and St. Bernard Parish to attend this meeting they're going to be giving out some hard facts and the truth about the state's two proposed sediment diversions that are planned on both sides of the Mississippi River, how how they might affect you, the coastal communities, and the economy of South Louisiana. And if you, the location is going to be a place called the Greystone, and it's on Clausell Street in Mandeville, 6.30 p.m., and if you want directions or more information and to reserve a seat, uh, you're being asked to call Joe Patari, and Joe's number is 985-502-502. 7732. That's 985-502-7732. And you'll be invited to hear some facts and discussion about the proposed sediment diversions that are going to be on both sides of the Mississippi River. All right, we're going to take a quick pause for our stations to identify themselves. When we come back, we'll take some more of your text messages at 504-260-1870. And we'll get ready to hear some more Fishing information, some reports from some of our field reporters right after this time out. You're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. Now, last week uh, we discussed what was uh, a topic of, of on the agenda at the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Commission meeting with regard to, to flounder. Uh, we know that the speckled trout have been overfished, and we're anticipating sometime later this year for Regulations to change in Louisiana. We've enjoyed a very generous 25 fish limit for a number of years, and it looks like that probably will have to change. But there's also another fish that's in trouble, and that is the flounder, and this is a serious decline. Uh, However, the cause of this has been determined that it's not overfishing and catching too many. It's that there's not enough of those fish reproducing. Uh, They have what they call in fisheries an SPR which stands for spawning potential ratio. Big word, big term, sounds complicated. But what it means is that number would represent the number of fish that it is safe to harvest and still continue to propagate the species. In other words, if no one ever caught any of the fish, 
uh, would be at 100% of those fish would be there to spawn. Well, the flounder, each of these species have different rates that they determine SPR to be safe, and the flounder is pretty high. It's 54.8% is considered a safe number of spawning fish to remain in the water. Well, it's very, very low, and in fact, it's so low that in order to replenish the species, they're going to try to reach a goal of 30%. 54% is simply out of the question. There's no way they could do it without ending fishing for for flounder completely. Now, there's several ways to get to that 50% reduction that's needed to reach a 30% SPR. And I hope we're not getting into the weeds too far here. But that to propose that we, we get that reduction, and that would be reduce half of what's being taken, the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries biologists have proposed completely closing the recreational and commercial fishery for a period from October 15th to November 30th. So you're talking about 45 days where no flounder can be kept. It would all be catch and release. And the recreational size limit, which is no size limit, and the daily limit of 10 fish would remain the same during the open season. So basically they're saying suck it up, doing which is a really good time to catch flounder, October 15th to November 30th. And that should get us within a couple of years to at least a 30% SPR, which is safe. Uh, the, the downside of that and the, the very alarming news was that without changes, there's actually no chance that the flounder would ever recover without some changes. And it's not unusual because Louisiana is the only Gulf state right now without any special closures for protecting the flounder. The other states, our neighboring states, have already taken action and done that. So anyway, we'd like to hear from you. Do you think uh, that it warranted? Would you support that closure from October 15th to November 30th? Uh, they have, the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Commission has filed a notice of intent, which means that uh, there's time for discussion, input from the public, and then they'll make a final vote on it on a subsequent commission meeting. I think it's going to be the meeting in two months. And if it passes, then it becomes a, a regulation October 15th, November 30th, no flounder. All right, what do you think? Text me, 504-260-1870. Any other questions or comments, they're always welcome right here. If you want to send me pictures, which a lot of you do, we can't take photographs on that, but you can send those to me on my email. And if you go to my website, look for the contact button. That's DonTheOutdoorsGuy.com. You'll find it right there. All right, we come back after this. It's time for a fishing report from out west. We're going to talk to Captain Kirk. We'll get his opinion on flounder because flounder's a very important part of the fishing over there in the Big Lake Calcasieu area. And also they got a new reef over there. We'll find out what Kirk's opinion of fishing that West Cameron Reef is. All that next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And it's time to talk to Captain Kirk, whose boat should be named the Enterprise, but I don't think it is. He's with Hackberry Rod and Gun, fishes the Big Lake, Calcasieu area, and he joins us now for fishing report and information. Although, Kirk, I'm looking, maybe, tell me how close I am. It looks like it's 33 degrees with a north wind at 16. Is that what you guys have over there right now? Uh, you're a little low on the wind. Really? Oh, gee. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's blowing 20, 25. It is humping here. Ooh, ooh that is some and, chilly uh, stuff. We're, we have a low water advisory. There's no water out here at our dock. Wow. It is just, it's dry. You know, this front, this big front came through and blew all the water out. Uh, no fishing today. Nope, not going to happen today and uh, probably be a not few days. Not today. I mean, it's it, back. I yeah. mean, 
it's just uh, one one of those days. It's just, you know, we had to redo. Well, we had some yeah, pleasant weather a little earlier. How how did it go then? Yeah, uh, yesterday the fishing was good. Uh, I mean, trout, flounder, and redfish all caught yesterday. Uh, you know, the flounder are starting their run to come back in. Uh, the trout are there. They've been there. Just you know, get the nice days to catch them because they're out in the open water right now. Uh, and uh, redfish, you know, around uh, you know little bayous and canals and drains that uh, dump into the lake. Yeah, are they fishing? You fishing with live bait or artificials right now? Uh, both, but uh, I mean, you could, you know, it just depends on your skill level. I mean, there's plenty of fish on artificial. Uh, the the Miradine has been a really hot bait here lately for trout. What bait is that? The Miradine. Miradine, that's, okay. Uh, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. Miradine, some people call it Miradine. Uh, I call it Miradine because I was fishing with uh, mirror lure people, and that's what they called it. So, <laughs> well, they ought to know. So they call, ought to know. Yes, that's right. They should know. Well, Kirk, you and I no, have talked about the flounder situation for a number of weeks, but I don't think I've talked to you since the department proposed their, their regulation to, to bring them back. Right. And what they want to do is uh, close between October 15th and November 30th, totally recreational and commercial, nobody keeping any fish for that 45 days. And they say if we do that, we'll get back to an SPR of 30%, which is – almost half of what they would like it to be, but they said that's realistic. So your thoughts on that? Would you support that, knowing been fishing down there uh, all your you life? Know, I, and know- I, I don't think for the recre- – I don't think recreational fishermen are as big a problem over here as commercial guys. I've uh, – I mean, I've for years they've been the commercial guys. You know, it's a bycatch law where they get mm-hmm. to keep them. Well, they target them. Uh, when they make that run in you know late November, uh, November, I mean uh, late October, November, I mean they modify those butterfly nets just specifically to catch flounder. And I mean I know guys have caught two and three thousand pounds a night, and um, I mean it's hard for recreational uh, anglers to kill that many. I can tell you that, uh, you know. So uh, you know for a commercial guy, the fish just has to be in the water to catch it. The recreational guy, they have to feed. You have to be in the right spot. You know, it's a different, it's a different animal altogether. And uh, you know, like Texas, you know, they impose that closed season, and uh, they they said it helps over there. But I mean, I mean, why not keep two fish or something like that, and not completely close it for the recreational guys? Yeah, I think you might be you might be onto something there, and maybe if we can get you know get enough. Uh attention from the commission to listen to that maybe they would consider that and that might even be proposed yeah. you know it's not a done deal yet they're, they're taking public comment right. on it's it and an, right. just notice to keep of one, right even now. one or two you know while it's while the rest of it's closed would would certainly be a help you know because that is a really good t- prime time for for flounder and that's why they said they want to set it at that period yeah now, now i will admit that uh you know here in the last 15 years you know the flounder didn't get fished down our ship channel when they make their run for until about 15 or so years ago and it, it got people figured it out and how to catch them now they do put a whacking on them that's for sure but uh yeah. I don't, i've never seen one vessel catch two or three thousand pounds <laughs> no not likely uh, on another subject uh they got a new reef out there west cameron 45 it's 10 miles southwest of holly beach and it's in about 25 feet of water. The Louisiana yeah. CCA went out there, and they put some recycled concrete to form a reef over there. Do you think that will be productive, and will you be able to fish it? Is it within the, the oh, yeah. reach of you most know, everyday boaters? 
uh, it's it's in an area that we've fished for years where there were a lot of platforms. And then, uh, of course, when uh, a certain administration got in, they started taking mm-hmm. all these platforms out. And, right. um, the, and I mean, it was unbelievable fishing, especially in the summertime, you know, for speckled trout. So I think it, I think it'll be a productive area. It's in a really good area. Uh, it, it'll be easier access or closer access from Texas. Uh, so, but it, it, you know, it's not that far of a run for us. If, but it's a, it'll be a long way to go to get there. If, I don't know the size of the reef. If you know, if there's already two or three boats sitting on it, you know, you've gone you've gone a long ways to not be able to get on the spot. Well, it's supposed to be about five acres. So that's pretty good okay. size. I mean, you yeah, know, that's you pretty could, good size, and and it'll it'll hold fish. It, it, it's going to be great. Uh, you know, I've I've talked with Rusty Vincent over here. He and I talk quite a bit about reef locations, and uh, he and I t- specifically talked about what well, we that's the Johnson Bayou area. Specifically mm-hmm. talked about that. Uh, you know, over the last five six years, and then we finally did something and put one out there, and I think it'll be productive. Well, let's keep tabs on it, and as we talk each week, because my experience with these reefs is they work quick. I mean, almost as soon as yeah, they're down, do. they start drawing in the, the small bait fish, and then the predators come in. Right, and and but typically, uh, when we fish that area, it uh, it's more of a summertime deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I you know you might catch some in June, but usually July and August is the best time for that that area over there. Uh, well, it should. But that's not it saying be they won't be there enough. sooner. Yeah, yeah but it should it, be down there you know, long enough to draw them. That's right, and and from from my dock to get there, it it take an hour, mm-hmm. one way. So it, it's a long way to go for a maybe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. But then again, how many times have you spent an hour trying to hunt fish and running for an hour? You're right. Here and there? You're right. So but you, but you, know, you just need some we, good intel. Clients, <laughs> that's right. If that's that's exactly right. Boy, if I could just get a fish down there to tell me about it. You know, we could get him a cell phone. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, we'll find out how it works out, but I'm glad they got it, and uh, we can certainly use much more of those because, like you said, the previous administrations removed a lot of those platforms, which were great for oil and gas, but also were great for fishing. And, uh, you know, with them gone, we got to replace them. Well, great talking to you as always, Kurt. Give out your telephone number if somebody wants to get some more information. And when you all do get some water, they can bring their own water. They can come down there and fish with it. <laughs> That's right. Uh, okay, Don. It's a 888. It's toll free. 888 762 3391. Our website, com. Uh, you know, what Buddy does with that. He, he posts pictures daily and, uh, you know, gives a lot of good information on it. Good stuff. Thank you, Kirk. We'll talk with you next time. All right, you bet. Good talk to you, Don. All right, Kirk Stancil, one of the Stancil boys down at Hackberry Rod and Gun. All right, coming back after this, it's blowing in Grand Isle, too. We'll talk to Daryl Carpenter right after this. All right, the guy that operates realscreamers.com, that's R-E-E-L, screamers.com, is Captain Daryl Carpenter. He fishes the Grand Isle, Leeville areas. And, uh, Daryl, I'm looking at... I think you're the warm spot on the map at 47, but you're also the high wind spot. I'm clocking you at 38 miles per hour. Does that sound about right? If I'm not sure if you're even down there today. Wouldn't any be any reason because you're not going fishing for sure. Um, probably the best piece of advice that you'll get all within this whole two hours of show. At 
35 miles an hour with a 45-mile-an-hour gust, the most important thing you can do is make sure you know which direction your truck is facing before you try to open the door. Because <laughs> uh, a 40-mile-an-hour wind gust will do everything it can to rip the door off of your truck. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Always park downwind on your passenger side. <laughs> It, uh, Don, I mean, this is this got to be the worst front we've had. You know, I, I remember I remember last year because, Lord, I got caught in the middle of the yard with it, but our, our worst front last year was April the 13th. That's the day the boat blew on me. Um, but this is the worst front we've had all year this year um, as far as conditions go. It hit just at the right time. I mean, we it hit. You know, that wind's gusting to 45 miles an hour, and it's doing so on a high tide range and right at low tide. It's the lowest water we've seen all year long. I mean, you're not uh, – there's not too many ramps around Grand Isle. You're launching a boat right now. The tide's at one foot below mean, which is the lowest tide, and it's drop, still dropping like a rock. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like Kirk said, today's not today. You're not, you're not fishing today. Now, it'll probably be the same thing at Grand Isle for, the, for tomorrow – and should start cleaning up a little bit Monday. Um, low, low water like that is going to bring you muddy water. It's going to be muddy water everywhere because with a 40-mile-an-hour wind, low, low tide, uh, the waves you do have crashing are all stirring up the bottom because there's just no depth anywhere. So it's going to probably be midweek before Grand Isle is anything worth talking about. Um, you know, I think you've got – I think you've got a few other little things going on. I think you got, you know, you're getting into that show season. A lot of your local dealers are starting to have sales and everything else. So today's a good day to inventory your equipment and figure out what you need to buy. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we had started, you know, Grand Isle, Grand Isle is like its own little nation. And all week long, we probably had the worst weather, you know, because it, it rained on Grand Isle all week. You had um, you had a few hours here and a few hours there that you could have really you know gotten out. The wind wasn't that bad, but it just rained all week. Um, the few that did get out, you know, a lot like what I heard Kirk say, we're starting to see more fish in the big bays than in the open water. The water temperature had gotten up to almost seventy degrees. That's another thing I noticed in the last what eighteen hours. The water temperature on Grand Isle has dropped nearly ten degrees. So that's going to put those fish in a little bit of shock. Um, but the water temperature had gotten up to almost 70. Uh, you know, that's that's triggering those fish along with these longer days. It's just triggering the fish to move toward their summer pattern. So it's not going to be long. Uh, we get back, we get rid of this front and get back to some warmer temps and calmer weather, and you're going to start seeing those trout. And, you know, this time of the year when we talk fish on Grand Isle, most of the time we're talking trout. So you're going to start seeing them more back in the open bays, and I think with the next moon cycle, you're going to start seeing a lot more of them on that beach. Exactly. Well, I know you're ready to get back in business, chomping at the bit. We got to let these winds get out of here. This isn't. It wouldn't even be good for duck hunters, but it's too. It's too strong to blow your BBs around and blow all the water <laughs> out, and ducks wouldn't even want to fly. If somebody wants to get a hold of you and do some planning down the road for a summertime trip, give them that telephone number. Two two five nine three seven. Six two eight eight, and realscreamers.com still kicking, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We are open and ready to roll. Sounds good. Take care, Daryl. We'll catch up with you next week. Yes, sir. 
All right, coming up after the top of the hour, we're going to talk to uh, Ryan Lambert. He's on our shooting team this morning for Gunning for a Cure. We'll also get an update on the Paddle Palooza if the kayakers have been blown out. We'll talk to Eric Mohabarak and also uh, Mike Gallo with his Born on the Bayou report on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. I met a guy recently who told me that he spends roughly $250,000 a month. I talked to another person recently who made $50 million at the age of 30. What do you do with that money? How do you spend it? How do you not spend it? What do you invest in? If you meet a rich person, these are questions everyone wants to know, but you're too embarrassed to ask. That's the whole premise of MoneyWise. We talk to real people who have made a significant amount of money, and we ask them all about their finances. My name's Sam Parr, and the podcast is called MoneyWise. That's one word, money-wise. You can find MoneyWise wherever you get your podcasts.